0: eric metaxas charlie kirk and more unfiltered unapologetic truth find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on local now channel 525
1: you're listening to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow
0: Welcome back, Ken. <clears throat> Rob Black Anybody, I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. One of my favorite guests to talk to. I get to do this every Tuesday. Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Happy summer to you. And yeah, likewise. So are we in a summer of discontent? Should we sell in May and go away?
1: Well, uh, it doesn't appear as if there was a whole lot, a lot of selling that took place in May. I mean, the market's on track to close this month, uh, you know, positive. Uh, it's a nice showing. And, uh, you know, and we're exiting the month really with a, uh, uh, a demonstrable shift in, uh, in sentiment, if you will, in that uh, we've seen the market tolerate quite well the idea of a possible rate hike coming later this month or certainly uh, in July at the latest. Uh, and, uh, and that's been somewhat encouraging to see because what it does is it reflects an attitude that uh, the market is, is coming around to the idea that the Federal Reserve will be raising rates for the right reasons, that is because the economy is getting stronger, as opposed simply to wanting to uh, you know kind of get some rate cut insurance in its back pocket to fight the next downturn.
0: So what's the the big stories that we're focusing on right now and are they worth us focusing on or should we be paying more attention to like earnings or something that's uh not part of that big story?
1: Well, I do think that the market is certainly focused on the uh the idea of the of monetary policy. You know, not just with respect to the Federal Reserve, but as it relates to the European Central Bank, uh the Bank of Japan, people think of China. Um, you're going to have an ECB meeting later this week. Uh, not expecting anything out of that uh, uh, meeting itself, but uh, you know the ECB is certainly going to uh, reiterate its line and it stands ready to do more if necessary. Uh, but uh, the market, though, is 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 uh, focused primarily on what the Federal Reserve is is about to do, and uh, and I think more tellingly, uh, as I alluded to earlier, it's, it's focused on how the market is going to react to the idea. Uh, of an actual rate hike here in the near term, and so far, so good. And uh, you know, and ideally, that's what you do want to see. Um, you want to have some confidence in the idea that the Federal Reserve is raising rates because the economy is getting better, which therefore should translate into earnings getting better. And so, uh, to your question, Rob, I think uh, you know there will be some increased focus on uh, this uh, so-called inflection in the earnings uh, recession that we're seeing here. Uh, and hopefully going to see some better things in the second half of the year as it relates to earnings estimate trends. Uh, And uh, if we can see those trends moving up and have those trends joined with uh, encouraging economic data, it does bode well here for the equity market, I think, uh, in the second half of the year.
0: Oil prices and gasoline prices, Um, obviously it's been an interesting two years with the oil going from very high to very low it's is it finding its level at 50 do you think or is it too early to tell do we dip back to 30 Uh, what do you think the next direction of oil is going to be based on what we're seeing currently
1: Uh, well you know i think probably in light of the uh what near 100 percent move we've seen in oil prices off their lows um you can make a good case that the next leg will be lower um uh, you know, we do know have noticed that uh, there's a lot of net long positions in uh, oil uh, contracts, uh, which could be viewed as a somewhat of a contrarian indicator. And, and coincidentally, you have an OPEC meeting this week uh, that um, you know probably is not going to produce that production freeze agreement that a lot of people have talked about. Uh, but nonetheless, I think you still have a lot of people that are positioned for further gains ahead for oil prices. So. Could get a bit of a contrarian move here in the near term, but at the same time, you've seen with the pickup in oil prices, you probably have uh, basically forestalled uh, you know, further production cutbacks that a lot of uh, participants in the oil market would have liked to have seen, maybe even some added failures within the energy patch that are not uh, but you're probably not going to come to fruition here. And so, you could still be running into a supply overhang issue here in the coming weeks and months because. Uh, more producers will be incentivized to produce at these higher prices uh, and therefore leaving the market somewhat uh, saturated with all of the uh, supply that could make added gains here for oil prices of any substance uh, somewhat difficult to come by in the near term.
0: So you write an article for briefing.com, and I I love briefing.com. I start every morning reading page one. Um, it's a pretty good punch at what's going to go on in the day's action with a little bit of review of yesterday and this morning's action. But you also write something called the big picture. And the big picture you put together, I think, on Friday afternoons, or you put together all week and it comes out on Friday afternoons. Um, You talked a little bit about the bullish, bearish sentiment, and I think it's starting to get a little um, micro in people's minds when we start surveys like this. How important is it to study people who are thinking the market's going to go up bullish, people who think the market's going to go down bearish?
1: Sure. Well, no, you know, notwithstanding the, the everyday reminder that you should take emotions out of your decision-making, I mean, the fact of the matter is that uh, sentiment does, does factor greatly into a lot of uh, individual investors' decisions. I think it's just part of our, our makeup, you know, where it, it's difficult to divorce your emotions from some of those decisions that get made within the stock market. Having said that, the uh, American Association of Individual Investors does a survey every week, um, and the latest survey that comes out on Thursday, so it was last Thursday, you know, was a real eye-opener in the respect that it showed a remarkably high level of neutral sentiment. Right, The reading there was at 52.9%, which is the highest reading since the week of April 12, 1990, uh, and that's well above the long-term average of 31.2%. And it was joined by a very low level of bullish uh, sentiment. That stood at just 17.8% for some perspective for your listeners. um, You know, that was below the 18.9% reading seen the week of March 5th, 2009, uh, right, which was at the market bottom. Uh, And incidentally, at that same period, bearish sentiment hit 70.3% that week. Now, in this latest survey, bearish sentiment stood at 29.4%. So that's below the long-term average of 30.3%. And it's also well below the level we saw the week of February 11, 2016, uh, when it stood at 48.7%, and from which, of course, we saw a huge rally in the, uh, in the S&P 500. So what you have right now is uh, definitely low levels of bullish sentiment, but you don't have very high levels of bearish sentiment. You do have really high levels of neutral sentiment. So in the big picture column I wrote, what I was arguing uh, or, or highlighting for readers is this potential for a so-called flat squeeze. Uh, so you have a lot of people that are sort of on the sidelines here waiting for the market to take some direction. Uh, and based on uh, the prevailing you know, breakout move here, things could accelerate quickly either up or down if those uh, fence sitters, so, so-called fence sitters, get drawn back into the action to um, support that directional bias. So, uh, you know, coincidentally, here we are sitting at the very upper end of the trading range that we've been stuck in since uh, mid-March. So the next few weeks here, I think, could be somewhat telling here as it relates to a breakout in investor sentiment uh, and it tipping either more bullish or more bearish. Uh, but I think that the next big move will probably become more from a so-called flat squeeze as opposed to an actual short squeeze.
0: Good stuff. A lot to digest there. One of the things I do is I cut your audio up and I send it to briefing.com and you all repost it on your Twitter feed. But also I put it on my Facebook page if anyone ever wants to re-digest what you just re- regurgitated out there for us to uh, process. Is there anything else that you're working on that you want to bring to our attention at this point in time? Well, this is a, certainly a very big
1: week of economic data, and it's, it's quote you know hard data uh, primarily not. Not just the, the soft surveys that we're seeing, which you know today, incidentally, the soft surveys, the Chicago P M I and the consumer confidence reading were both disappointing. Whereas the personal income and spending report, which is a hard piece of data for April, was was rather encouraging. Uh, you saw personal spending up one percent, the largest month-over-month increase since August 2009, and it's a very good portent tent as it relates to a growth pickup in the second quarter. But we're going to see some more data throughout the week, and most importantly, the employment situation report for May, which is going to uh, certainly uh, flow right into the market's view of what the Fed is likely to do at the June meeting here, and so that's an important thing to watch, and, and uh, I'll probably be doing something built around the, uh, the economic data we see this week uh, with respect to the, the big picture column that I'll be posting on Friday.
0: And when the Fed does, or let's say, the, let's say the Fed does raise interest rates sometime in the next 60 days, do you think the market responds negatively, or do you think we're, it's already built into
1: the cake? Well, I think it, it is built in somewhat. I think, um, you know, we've seen this idea of the Fed going to raise rates here uh, in the very near term handled relatively well by the equity market. But the thing I would encourage your listeners to focus on, though, really is probably the direction of the dollar. Right, um, you know, if that dollar index keeps, you know, creeping higher here, uh, it could run some interference with these expectations for a pickup in, in earnings growth in the back half of the year because it will be a potential negative for U.S. multinationals and will continue to restrict some of the export activity there uh, for, you know, U.S. exporters. So uh, something certainly keep an eye on, but right now it's it's just kind of hanging there and people aren't paying. As, much attention to it, but something certainly to focus on as we roll into the back half of the year.
0: Good time to go on vacation with a stronger dollar, though, right?
1: <laughs> if the dollar's going up for the right reasons, I would I would agree, yes. Uh, in many respects, it is a good time to go, <laughs> go on vacation there. With
0: that said, thank you so much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. You can find him and his articles that he writes every day at briefing.com. It's an unbiased uh, opinion on both domestic and international markets. There's technical trading. There's story stocks. There's breaking news. There's thought-out columns. Uh, It's really, really a must-use site if you're going to invest on your own or with a team of others, uh, both professionally or personally. You can find him at briefing.com. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.